0: Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Well, please welcome fashion illustrator, Danielle Meter, and CEO of 53, George Pechnik. Good evening. So, tonight is a really special story that's going to unfold, and like any good story, it has a terrific, terrific background, and so... um, the CEO of a company called 53, we're New York-based, and back in 2012, we launched an application called Paper. And we had designed Paper to uh, to make it really easy to capture your ideas, to sketch, write, draw, and illustrate very, very quickly. And we had worked with a local company in New York City called Women's Wear Daily on a conference, uh, live-sketching that event. And at the end of the event, uh, Edna Woza, the editor-in-chief of of, um, Women's Wear Daily, along with the late Peter Kaplan, approached us and was like, look, this was was really fascinating. You know, we used to have lots of sketches in Women's Wear Daily, uh, but we stopped. And now seeing you guys sketch live at this conference really reminded us about the power of a sketch. Uh, And they proposed this idea that we should go out and live sketch Fashion Week. we said, yes. The only problem was, though, we had no idea about Fashion Illustration, what Fashion Week was, how to do it, and it was seven days away. And, and they just started sending us tickets and saying, like, yeah, it's going to be great. And so we, we, we didn't really know what to do. And that's kind of where we met Danielle. Uh, she's a phenomenal fashion illustrator. She had been doing just absolutely stunning, stunning watercolor illustrations. Uh, we called her up and said, hey, could you come and teach us, help us uh, anything and Danielle was awesome. and Just said like, of course. So she flew out, um, joined us in a few quick days. Uh, actually, actually, in under one day. You 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 learned paper. You taught taught our development team and everyone how to do fashion illustrations and headed right for the runway. So it was it was one of those um, how should I say really really exciting avenues. Uh, it really speaks to to Danielle's ability to share her enthusiasm for fashion illustration, her knowledge of the space, and um, you know, today she's going to cover one, um, how she uses paper and, and sketching. She'll give you a primer on fashion illustration and then also share some of the thoughts of the future. But with that, we're really, really lucky to have you here. Thank you, and uh, I won't say any more because uh, you're the real treat.
1: Thank you so much, George. And thank you to everybody at 53 and Apple. I'm so thrilled to be here today to talk about the art of live runway sketching. This is a picture of me in the act of live runway sketching at a fashion show. Uh, I have been doing this for about six years now, about a dozen seasons. Uh, When I first started, I would take little slips of paper about this big and I would draw little scribbles on them and it didn't look like much of anything. But after years of practice, every opportunity I had to go to a fashion show was an opportunity to illustrate fashion. I love drawing, I love fashion. It's all my favorite things coming together in like one adrenaline-fueled moment. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to show you some of my favorite sketches uh, from the project that we did with Women's Wear Daily last year. This is one of the first sketches that I ever did on paper. I had a short amount of time to orient myself to the program. It's wonderfully user-friendly, and, and, and for somebody who's not a technology person, I'm not a techie person, I didn't own an iPad at the time. Uh, it, I had it came really easily to me. If you know how to draw, you know how to draw on the iPad. And this is a sketch I'm particularly proud of because it's, it's one of my favorite sketches and it's one of the first ones I did. It was at the Yagal Azriel show and I had a, a photographer from Women's Wear Daily s- photographing me from behind while I was doing it. So I had an audience while I was doing it. And the models at Yugao were like zipping around super fast, so quickly. And they were wearing these wonderful patterned jackets. So I had a lot to capture in a very minimal amount of time. And this sketch, it has the speed of the models. It has the wonderful minimal punk rock makeup that they had. It has the detail of the silhouette. Everything was captured. and, And I just, it's such a feeling of accomplishment to look at that sketch. I'm very proud of it. This is from the Alexander Wang show and it was such a thrill to be at Alexander Wang that season. It was his show just before he was about to do his first season for Balenciaga. So of course everybody was looking very closely at it, being very excited, being all like, what's he going to do for Balenciaga? And it was just... Of all the fashion shows I've ever been to, it was one of the most spectacularly staged fashion shows that I've ever been to. And the designs were beautiful, a very minimal color palette, which makes it much easier to live sketch because you just have a couple of colors to drop in. And the designs are super sculptural. You can see like the draped pants here and like this sort of turnpike collar on this jacket and these red ponytails. And they were playing this remix of Eye of the Tiger. And I love it when a fashion show has good, like, go for it music. Because I'm, like, bopping to the music. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. And this is where we were sitting. We were sitting in the back. But because of the way that he had it staged, he had this big podium in the middle of the runway. So the models were literally walking over our shoulders. Uh, I could have reached out and touched a supermodel's shoes if I wanted to. And it was just... You, they were just walking by at such phenomenal speed, wearing these incredible, cl- this incredible clothing. It was like I felt like I had been, you know, transported to, you know, some sort of fashion illustration heaven. <laughs> and the sketches from that show are, are just—they they just bring back all of those wonderful memories for me. the sketch is from J. Crew, and J. Crew f- sort of flips the runway idea on its head. Um, when you go to the Cruise show, the audience walks up and down the runway and the models are standing at the side in the seats where the audience would usually be. So um, the funny thing about that is when you're sketching the models, they can see that you're sketching them. And they get all like they angle in they're all like oh why are you sketching her you should be sketching me <laughs> and you have to tell them i'm like just calm down please and don't pose i don't like it when people pose for me when they sketch like it makes the sketch too mannered and static i like it when people are just doing their natural gestures they're just doing whatever they normally do that gives me the best thing to sketch because it, um, yeah, I get to see their natural gestures. I get to draw them in action as they are. In a way, the faster the models move, the better the sketches are, because I have less time to think about it. <laughs> and this is a really classic example of, of a case of that. We were at the Diane Von Furstenberg show. It's the biggest tent at the Lincoln Center. So this huge tent, just packed full of fashion people and we were way at the back but the wonderful thing about illustration as opposed to photography is it doesn't matter what angle you are because your imagination can pull you right to the front row you what you see and you the impression that you get it doesn't matter where you are if you want if you want to draw it you can and even though we were so far away, Diane von Furstenberg had these bright colors and these super, you know, pink-lipped women just striding along, you know, looking super powerful, totally being an eyeful, like from across the room, she'll knock your eye out. And it was about getting the sketch with less lines, not more lines. So it's not so much about drawing more, it was about drawing less. And to be able to kind of capture that whole moment with such economy uh, was just such such a fun thing to do. This one is from Oscar de la Renta, and that was another very newsworthy show that Women's Wear Daily got us access to. Because of course, the disgraced European designer, John Galliano, was interning with Oscar de la Renta that season. And Oscar de la Renta already has these fa- this fabulous, very feminine style. But that season, when he worked with John Galliano, there was definitely a dramatic edge to the clothing. You see here this wonderful, tense silhouette, he had these exaggerated silhouettes, these tall hats, all very dramatic, and all with something to prove. So it was such a pleasure to be able to be there and sketch these wonderful, dramatic designs. And and those are just some some of the sketches that were great memories from last February. So how did we get to this point? Um, I want to tell you a little bit about the history of live runway sketching, because a lot of people aren't really aware that that's a thing. When I tell people that I sketch at fashion shows, a lot of the time I, I get the question, "Why?" And when I was in London, I went to the Design Museum, where the very famous, uh, experienced fashion critic Colin McDowell had curated an exhibit on fashion illustration. He'd actually started his career as a fashion illustrator. He's an expert on fashion illustration, and he'd produced this wonderful exhibit. So of course I went there, and I walked right up to him, and I was like, Mr. McDowell. I was like, so you've been to so many fashion shows, and you know, over so many years. I'm like, have, can you tell me about illustrators that you've seen drawing? at fashion shows, and he was all like, oh, well, he's like, he's like, I don't think that's a thing. I think fashion illustrators say they sketch at fashion shows, but I don't think that they actually do. And of course, by that point, I had been scribbling for several seasons, and I was a little bit like, oh, that's not true, Mr. McDowell. <laughs> I, 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 I can prove it to you. Um, but it did occur to me that I didn't know very much about this, and it didn't seem like even the experts in fashion illustration knew very much about this particular micro niche of fashion illustration, the idea of artists at fashion shows. So I took it upon myself to do the research and write the unwritten history of artists at fashion shows. What I really wanted to show you guys was a photo or a sketch from the 1920s of, of a fashion show from the 1920s, but I couldn't find a really good one to show you, and there's a very good reason for that. It's because when fashion shows first started, there wasn't photography and there wasn't illustrators at the shows. Photography was a new medium, it wasn't considered very classy, and the shows weren't set up the way around photography the way that they are now. And illustration was actively discouraged because illustration was used for piracy. So what what American department stores would do is they would send their buyers to the fashion shows in Paris And the buyers would bring sketch artists with them, and the sketch artists would very surreptitiously copy the designs of the French dressmakers and then take them back to America so they could knock them off and sell them to Americans. Um, And of course, the French couturiers hated it. They hated this. Uh, I found a wonderful firsthand account of it in Elizabeth Haw's book, Fashion is Spinach, where she describes her early career in Paris in the 1920s doing sketching. And I'm going to read you a quote from her because it's so good. I was good. By the time I'd finished my second season of sketching, I could have designed you as pretty a Chanel as the master herself but swiping her designs was violent mental exercise. If you made any more moves than enough to write the equivalent of a number, someone suddenly leaned over your shoulder and grabbed the paper out of your hand, and those were the sketches the buyers wanted the most. By the 1960s, Uh, fashion shows had become media events and and of course photographers and writers from newspapers and magazines around the world and artists were allowed at the show as members of the press and Women's Wear Daily the editor-in-chief of Women's Wear Daily John Fairchild he wanted his paper to be beautiful and he wanted his paper to have the scoop it's the daily fashion paper of record and he wanted to deliver the news faster than anyone else and the the sharpest tool in his arsenal was an entire department of fashion illustrators. Can you imagine in this day and age a fashion illustration department? As a freelance fashion illustrator myself it it seems like a crazy idea. (laughs) But that was the case and there's a very good reason for that not only because Of course, photography took much longer to develop, but also when you're printing on newsprint, black and white photos on newsprint don't show fashion ideas in a compelling, beautiful way. And when I saw my sketches printed in Women's Wear Daily, the same paper as Kenneth Paul Bloch's, mind blown, oh my goodness. And in the 1970s, Joe Eula, um, Joe Eula was a fashion illustrator who worked very closely with Halston. And he also did illustrate editorial illustrations for Vogue and other top fashion publications. And he perhaps has the purest live runway sketching style that I can think of, of any artist. Uh, he would brag himself. He's like, I was considered the fastest pencil in the field. A model need merely do her turn on the catwalk and voila, an illustration. And you can just, that confidence just pours out of every sketch that you see of Joe Eula's, And this is such a wonderful example here. By the time the 1990s came around, uh, fashion shows had turned into these incredible circus-like spectacles. Fashion designers had a lot of money. They had earned a lot of money from licensing in the 70s and 80s. And fashion shows became these huge status events, super theatrical. And of course, you know, a, sort of a precursor to the media circus that we recognize at Fashion Week now. Um, except it was still a small enough scene to be quite clubby. And really the recorder, the illustrated recorder of that scene was Gladys Parent Palmer, who's produced what I think is the only dedicated book to live runway sketching that I've seen, called Fashion People in 2003. Parent Palmer does something that photographers can't do as well, and that is she puts humor into her recordings of Fashion Week. So it isn't just the drawings, it's also all the gossip and the snippy little overheards. She knows who everybody at the fashion shows is and she loves puncturing egos. And so her work is absolutely delightful. I want to mention another one of her contemporaries, uh, a British illustrator named Richard Gray. And, um, I found uh, an interview that he did where he talked about why it was necessary for him to sketch at fashion shows. Even though his style is very tightly rendered and, and not the sort of thing that you can quickly do in a few moments at all, In the 1990s, there was no style.com, so you couldn't just come home from the show afterwards and quickly check the internet for reference. So when he went to the shows with his clients, he would have to quickly sketch the looks as they came down the runway, even if it was Versace and there's five models coming down at once and they're all wearing six different prints. He has to somehow record all of those things so that after the show, when his editor turns to him and says, Richard, I want you to draw that look he can be like, okay, and run back to the hotel and do it. So illustrating at fashion shows had all of these wonderful, practical, and delightful functions in the 20th century. We're in the 21st century now. And of course, you're probably familiar with Richard Haynes, who is the preeminent illustrator who practices live runway sketching now. He has so many years of experience in the fashion industry. He has an an incredible sense of just this casual, sophisticated aesthetic. And nobody captures men the same way that Richard Haynes does. He's absolutely brilliant. I love this particular sketch of his because you can see he's made little notes for himself. Those little letters on the side there, he's obviously done the line art and just made a note of what the colors are so that when he has time after the show, he can drop in the colors. And I love how he's left that bit of process here for us to see. He describes sketching at fashion shows like this. It happens very quickly. It's really difficult to get details, so I focus on the shapes and silhouettes, the shoulder, the length of the jacket, the shape of the hair. It's challenging with so much fun, like a quiz show where you have to answer 20 questions a minute. Another well-respected illustrator with an incredible career, New York-based, is Bill Donovan. And Bill Donovan has a wonderful, brief, active style of sketching, and I've seen videos of him where he sketches in front of an audience. So I thought, he must have been sketching at fashion shows his whole life. And when I interviewed him and asked him about it, he really surprised me, and he's like, I never sketched at a fashion show until 2007. I was, like, shocked. And he said, it was practically unheard of years ago, but with the influx of smartphones and Instagram and the ability to take a shot and publish it instantly, the idea of drawing live is unique with a particular charm and allure. Alleluia. <laughs> and absolutely, alleluia, Bill. He he's sees the big picture, as you can see in this wonderful illustration from the Ralph Runchy show. He's, he's not just showing the fashion, he's showing the whole scene. Another illustrator that I have discovered, a young illustrator, Mara Sespan. She's just recently graduated from art school, and she can basically paint circles around me, as far as I can tell. She, just think of like when she has 40 years of experience, and she's at the level of Bill Donovan and Richard Haynes. I can't, I I can't even imagine how amazing she's going to be. But. Um, when I first started sketching at fashion shows, I was usually the only artist that I saw there. I, that was around 2006, 2007, and it was a really—it was a real novelty. I had people coming up to me all the time, being like, "I've never seen an illustrator at a fashion show before." Well, 2013 was not like that at all. I saw lots of fashion illustrators sketching at fashion shows. And online, I saw lots of people showing their live sketches from Fashion Weeks in London and Milan. It's it's happening everywhere, and it's happening now. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. This is an example of the watercolor illustrations that I do. And uh, sketching watercolor at fashion shows is super fun. It's a little bit logistically difficult. You have to, you're thinking of a lot of different things at once to be able to do line and color. And also just like, where do you put the sketches when they're done so that they don't dry and people don't step on them and, and things like that. And then there's the other logistical consideration about working in analog materials that's a bit of a bother is when it's, done, you have to take it home and you have to scan it and upload it and optimize it to be seen on a screen. And um, yeah, it, it just takes a lot of time. And this is the supreme advantage of digital is that it, it just shortens the time between sketching and sharing to literally seconds. So now I'm going sh- to show you guys uh, a demo for a figure sketch. Um, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about the process of how I do a figure sketch at a fashion show. Thank you. Right, so you just open up paper And paper has all of the, you can have as many little booklets as you want. So you can organize your sketches according to fashion show or fashion week or like whatever makes the most sense for you. Um, And you just open up the page. So here is your toolbox. You have all your tools along here, along the bottom. And then you have your canvas. So when I'm at a fashion show, I start by using I always start the sketch by using the pencil tool and usually in a shade of gray. And I'm watching the show and I usually don't have too much time to think at all. So if I see a model that I think is cool looking or if I see like an outfit that I like the shape of or whatever, I don't even have time to think. I'm like, oh, I'll just draw that one. And you just start with the gesture, like how is she walking? Is she striding purposely? Is she sashaying? You just kind of get the feeling of, of the way that she's walking down. And you can use the Zoom tool, like so, to do little details. Having the Zoom tool is amazing. (laughs) So just kind of get the details in there. And don't worry too much about doing like a perfect sketch here. Look, I've shifted the whole thing over. It doesn't really matter. But the thing is, is like you don't want it to look like robots did it. People aren't interested in drawings that are done by robots. They like to see the humanity in the drawings. So I'm gonna do a sketch that's inspired by Mark Jacobs' Spring Summer 2014, which I think was just an incredible show. You can just flip over the pencil the way that I'm flipping it over now to erase, if you gotta erase. And once I have the, sort of, the shape established of the figure, and I've locked in where the hips are and where all, of the, where all the parts of the figure are, just enough so that I understand what's going on, I drop in the color. And I'm going to use the paintbrush tool, which is the easiest way to fill in a lot of color as quickly as possible. So Mark Jacobs showed these wonderful sort of like boxy, big-shouldered silhou- silhouettes. And I just used the smudge tool. So the amazing, another amazing function of paper is that in your hand, you've got three tools at once. You have the eraser, you have the pencil or the pen or the watercolor, whatever tool you're using at that moment, and you have your finger, which you can use to take the edges off if you need to. And it's amazing to be able to put some of that handcrafted feel like right into the illustration while you're doing it. So it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't look digital, it doesn't look perfect at all. And that's exactly what we're going for. So once I have kind of the basic blocks of where the colors are gonna go, I switch to the pen tool. And this is the equivalent as if I was inking in analog materials. Zoom in again so I can get all the details of the face. That's the most critical thing is the face. If you get the face right, the rest of the figure just falls together. There's also like a palm rejection. So if I have to lean my palm against the, uh, against the iPad, it's like, no problem. And just add the details. So the thing to remember is it's, it's speed sensitive. So if you want a fine line you move slowly. If you want a thick line, you can move a little quicker. And he had these wonderful sort of flat shoes. These very firm walk. Did you guys remember that show? Oh my goodness. I've been watching it all day and so inspired. And there you have it. A fashion sketch. Ta-da. <laughs>
0: You know, what's, what's really interesting when Danielle came and actually taught us how to do this. Um, you know, I mean, this is, we're a bunch of engineers, uh, certainly some great designers, uh, business folks, right? And and, it, and and the thing to notice is that just just going in there, starting to draw, just putting some gestures down. When you know, when the sketch began, I mean, it didn't really look like anything yet, but you know, it emerges, and and that I think is one of the big things. Like you know, I'm a pretty left brain guy. Uh, train in engineering, right? It's, it's, it's like you kind of want to construct, but when you're really drawing, live drawing, it's, it's, it's not construction, right? It's merely putting a gesture down, just going for it. It's giving the creativity and the humanity a try. And that's something that, like, you know, I just, just think in, in Danielle's demos really, really comes through so clearly.
1: And the amazing thing is before the house lights even go up, all you have to do is press a button, and bam, the world can see it. Pretty cool. So why digital now? Um, Obviously, the two major ideas are if it's seen on a screen, it makes sense to draw it on a screen, and sharing is super simple as well. But I think the other thing that's kind of profound is that tools are evolving so quickly right now, and we are evolving concurrently with our tools. So at the same time that our tools are expanding our experiences, our experiences are expanding our tools. And it's been fascinating to watch George and and the company 53. They are in constant dialogue with their users all the time. The way that their users use the application informs every new feature that they add to the application. So it's really amazing to be part of that dialogue. The other thing is we're just at the beginning of drawing on touch screens the future of how we consume media is going to be kind of mind blowing it's going to be well well beyond the screen it's not even hard for me to imagine a day where you could like take your finger and dip it into pixels and just spread the pixels in front of you in three dimensions that doesn't seem crazy to me at all that seems like really exciting and And why not get in on the ground floor of of these amazing tools and these amazing changes that are happening? Who knows where it's gonna take us? I wanna find out. And now I wanna talk a little bit about why artists are drawing at fashion shows. Why live runway sketching now? What is it about this moment that makes drawing at fashion shows just capture the imagination? And I guess the question is, because if you've ever been to a fashion show and you've seen the photographers outnumber the subject by hundreds, you're like, what does an illustration offer that a hundred cameras shooting a thousand photos can't? That's a great shot by Tommy Tan, which really shows what the scene at fashion shows is like now. Well, if I've learned anything from watching fashion, for almost, you know, much of my life now is that at any time you encounter a sense of ubiquity it's, it's a precursor of a time for change. And when we, when we see this ubiquity of fo- photographs and photographers right now, they're all taking pictures of the same subject. All of the pictures are going to be kind of similar. There's only so much that a photographer can do to insert their own unique vision. However, with illustration, because it comes physically from inside of the body and the gesture, the confidence, the attitude of the person creating it, the imagination of the person creating the illustration means that an illustration is just as idiosyncratic as the individual who's making it. So when you look at an illustration and it's a recording of an event, you you get this almost bodily sense of what that particular artist felt like while they were there. And that's something that's very difficult for a photographer to capture and bring across. In the 19th and 20th centuries, photography assumed from painting the role of representing reality. And the result was that painting and drawing were liberated. They could be anything. And so the result is they were expressive, they became impressive, they were inventive, they they were unchained from reality. And what's happening now in the 21st century is we're seeing a populist echo of that same movement. So since everybody has the option of taking photographs now and sharing them automatically, if everyone can be a photographer, doesn't it seem logical that everyone could be an artist as well? The glamor of technology diminishes with familiarity as well. And the result of that is that is that the sort of, the focus on the human as the creator returns. So, we've been dealing with this massive media revolution for the past few decades. And it means that we've been basically concerned with orienting ourselves to this, this all of these new media that changes our careers and our personal lives, everything so much about ourselves. We're so concerned with the functional aspects of media that we've sort of let the conceptual aspect of media slide a little bit this is an illustration from a 2012 article in vanity fair that was talking about how fashions had changed so much from decade to decade in the 20th century and how somehow at the end of the 20th century and in the beginning of the 21st century aesthetics just seemed to static they just seemed to stay the same And I think that's the reason why it was. We're so concerned with the function of technology that we've forgotten to push aesthetics forward. But now that we're getting comfortable with the technology, it means that we're on the cusp of of really rapid change in aesthetics, which which is a very exciting time to be in fashion or any creative field. Uh, Another aspect of sort of the the loss of glamour of technology is is there's an anxiety over human redundancy. And anxiety is always another good indicator of a fashion change that's about to happen. So you'll notice with like the young and trendy people, if you are ever in Williamsburg or whatever, there's this obsession with handcrafted aesthetics. People want to see the human hands. They want to see human creators. They don't want to look at things that look like robots made them. They're not interested in perfect things that that the eye just slides right off of. They're really interested in seeing the human hand, and nothing says a human hand made this like illustration. the ubiquity of, of factory-made objects really diminishes the status of material wealth as well. So I think in the 21st century, we're entering this age of post-materialism where ideas and experiences and skills and tools uh, are all given a, the sort of s- a higher status than ever before. And it's a reaction to 20th century manufactured excess. If, every sing- if we have so many m- factory made objects everywhere that it's possible for everybody to buy, then all of a sudden they become a lot less special and people are always interested in the things that are a little bit more difficult to get. So, also there's, a, again, to the sense of anxiety. There's a sense of anxiety over scarcity. We're living in a changing world with a changing climate. We have this ever increasing pop- population. We're shifting our values from decorative to practical and to sort of break that down even simpler, from object to action. I've noticed this in my own career as an illustrator. My career as an illustrator has really gone from product to performance. It's gone from noun to verb. I'm doing more things like what I'm doing now, where it's about the act of illustration, rather than just an object that somebody buys and hangs on their wall. And the performative nature of social media really reinforces this trend. Um, sharing the act of creation and revealing the creative process really captures the modern imagination. And the reason why is because we're, coming, we're becoming acclimated to consuming our media in an active way, not in a passive way. We don't want to be consumers anymore. We, want, we have these amazing multi-tools in our pocket. And the result is we want to be creators, we want to be creating, we're interested in everything about creation. So I'm going to do another little demo again for you guys. I'm going to do a quick little beauty sketch. All right, here we go. So if you don't want to draw on the white background in paper, all you have to do is hold down your pencil onto the, the swatch that you want, and just drag it onto the canvas. And voila, we are drawing on a blackboard. And I'm going to start the sketch in the same way with a pencil, except this time I'm going to use a white pencil. So. Fashion is not really that interested in what exists already. It's always interested in what's next. And the images about fashion are about images of of what could exist or even what could never possibly exist. It's really unchanged from reality. And people say that they want realism from fashion, but the economics of it really really dispel that fact. We are drawn to the fantasy ideal of beauty. And the thing is, is that it is a fantasy. It is an ideal. Beauty isn't real. And there's nothing more human than artifice which is what fashion is all about. So illustration's great edge over photography is that we can invent things. We can draw things that don't exist yet. It's, it's, it's totally unchained from reality, which is, which is about freedom. Drawing is about spontaneous ideas and pure ideals. Thank you so much.
0: So we have a few minutes of Q&A.
1: Hi, um, my question's for Danielle. Um, I'm an aspiring fashion illustrator, too, and I wanted to know a little bit more about your personal history, how you got into fashion illustration, how you broke into it, and if you had any advice for someone who's aspiring to do what you do for a living. Um, Well, I've been drawing since I was a little kid. Um, I... And I went to fashion design school, so I learned how to become a fashion designer. I actually designed and made the dress I'm wearing today. Um, And I started out by doing illustrations for fashion designers, because not all fashion designers can draw or have time to draw. And again, they need to be telling people, they need people to communicate what their ideas are so that those people can create the ideas. So I've done done a lot of technical drawing um, and very non-glamorous illustration is sort of how I started out. Um, and then I have been doing paper dolls as a passion project since I was very small. And that ended up being a very commercial style that some larger clients were interested in. Um, concurrently to that, I was going to you know Fashion Week. I've done all sorts of different things. What Basically, if you want to be a fashion illustrator, you are entering um, a very precarious career. And that's just the reality of it. Um, so you have to be really inventive. You have to come up with as many different things that you can do, as many different ways that you can do it. And you have to be willing to sort of part with the idea of living in a material world. So I like to say I live in a post-material world. And it's because I, I live with experiences. My life is about what I do. And uh, it's I. I don't have a lot of nice things. <laughs> Thank you. You make a lot of nice things. It's key <laughs> thing. You've got to do it for yourself. Yeah. Hi. It's such a pleasure to see you drawing live like this and to reveal the process. Um, and it's interesting to see the difference between your illustrations on a sketch pad and the ones that you do on the computer. I think both of them have detail and personality. But I wanted to find out, um, have you had many commissions from magazines for your digital work, like we saw tonight? Not yet. Uh, you don't see a lot of illustration in fashion mag magazines, really. Do you? I don't. Uh, first of all, thanks to both of you. Very interesting talk tonight. Uh, my question is for George. George, uh, can you tell us the genesis for, for 53, for paper? I mean, there are many apps out there.
0: Uh, certainly, like, a. Uh I mean, 53 was founded by four technology veterans. In the past, we had worked on products like Xbox, Sonos, um, um, a tablet product called Courier at, at, at Microsoft. And, and for us, I mean, we really were looking at, at this idea that technology is there to serve the human need to create. And we were disappointed that technology really had um, been distracted from, from that, that fundamental idea. And we founded 53 because we wanted to put the essential tools for creation within arm's reach. Uh, the average arm's reach is 53 centimeters, hence the name. That's the space between head, heart, or blind cameras. It's where creation happens. Everyone has they're 50 53. And we begin where ideas begin, and ideas begin on paper. So that's, that's how paper came to be.
1: Hi, my question's for George. Um, I was actually... Um, Is there a reason why the formatting of the canvas
0: is um, done in a horizontal way? Um, Is there any way that it would ever change or you would have an option? That's just a big thing for me. (laughs) Yeah, we hear that a lot um, certainly for fashion illustration particularly like the uh, uh, you know hor- horizontal format is better than the landscape I mean the reason why we're emphasizing landscape format first is so you can flip pages you can pinch out that the gestural interface works it's really easy to turn a page add a page that said you know you can turn the iPad on the side and work upwards um, but it's a, it's a frequent feature request we get and, and you know it's it's on the list it's certainly on the list
1: so, George, what is the biggest technical challenge you found when trying to mimic like the flow of a natural paper and pencil with the electronics?
0: It's uh, that's a great question. So it's because for us, it never really was exactly about mimicking. Like, I mean, you could say a pencil is a gray line and how do you reproduce a gray line? But what a pencil is really good at is is to sketch a form. Um, watercolor, it's similar, right? We could go in and simulate the kneeling of pigments and how they add up and how you add more water to it. But our, but our tool is really about coloring, and coloring is about layering paint. And so for us, the biggest challenge really was trying to understand what is the activity someone is doing with watercolor? Well, it's coloring. What is someone doing with a pencil? Well, it's discovering form. What is someone doing with a pen? It's sketching. And then making the dynamics of a software tool, of a digital tool, support that task. Rather than trying to mimic um, the real world, so you use the real world as a familiarizing metaphor, uh, but the functionality has to be true to digital and beautiful at the same time. So it has to be functional and beautiful for for and appropriate then for the digital.
1: Hi, um, I'm also I'm a fashion illustrator. I use Photoshop to do all my illustrations. I'm just curious, like um, if you want to print out. You know, sketches are they 300 Dpi? What's the paper size letter size? How, and also if you want to modify f- later in Photoshop, can I is that JPEG?
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll so the, the resolution is uh, it's iPad re- uh, retina resolution on an iPad retina so that's 2048 by 1536 pixel. Uh, when you export, you can export to Dropbox, to PDF. Uh, it gets exported as a PDF document with PNGs with transparency behind them. Or you can just save to the photo roll with or without background. Uh, so the the highest resolution that you want is retina resolution and then, then PNG with transparency. So you can use them in two layer. Well, I guess for us, uh, we should absolutely thank the star of the night, Danielle Meter. Um, Thanks so much, everyone.
1: Thank you.